Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. We are at 9 o'clock here on the East Coast. We have hit 6 o'clock out West, so let's go ahead and get started uh, with the, the High School Coaches Insider Episode 1. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. We have some great speakers on with you this evening. Um, as always, I'm joined by Jesse Katz, who's our co-host, uh, another Sports Force representative. You are listening to the voice of Matt Kelly. I am a Sports Force advisor. Um, I also have have hosted quite a few spaces before, so if you've joined us before, you've probably heard this voice. My personal Twitter handle is CoachKelly01, but I am hosting from the Sports Force account tonight. Um, like I said, my name is Matt Kelly. I have been a high school coach up in the state of Minnesota before moving on to the college game uh, down in my, my now home state of North Carolina and have since taken a new high school job. So coaching at the high school level once again. So uh, really excited to learn from, from these guys that have been around the game and, and done some incredible things within the game of baseball here this evening. Um, and like I said, joining me, as always, uh, we have Jesse Katz. Jesse, I will let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks, Matt. Really excited about this one. Um, like Matt said, I am a, I'm a consultant with SportsForce. Um, most returning listeners have, have heard my voice a little bit, so I'm not going to necessarily jump into my background too much. Um, but I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to preface it by saying I didn't do any part in, in bringing any of these guests on, which makes it ironic since I have recruited and actually signed a couple of these high school coaches players before. So really excited to, to hear what they have to say and really excited to connect with some some coaches that I've recruited pretty heavily from in the past. So, um, but other than that, I'll turn it right back over to you, Matt. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. We're happy to have you here. Um, and before we introduce the rest of our panel here this evening, I want to give a little bit of background on sports force and what we do. So at sports force baseball, a good chunk of what we do is we partner with a limited number of families every year to help guide them through the college baseball recruiting process. Uh, we are a for-profit business, but we exist to educate, and we are here to educate the public on the ins and outs of what can be a very, very tricky recruiting process. Um, and, and a lot goes into that, which is why we have some, some awesome storied high school coaches on here this evening. So we do have over 30 advisors across the country with, uh, with either college coaching and or professional playing and coaching experience. Uh, whose, whose mission aligns with ours, who, you know, it's now to help families along through the recruiting process. And a new service uh, that we offered, fairly new still, um, is a 45 to 50 minute complete college recruiting assessment uh, covering your prospect rating and unbiased scouting report to help you understand where you're at in, in the recruiting process, as well as what you need to do to reach your goals. Those are $199 per session. And that is a one-on-one -on -one with a, a sports force advisor who has gone through this before. And, and we have helped thousands through this process. So if that is something you're interested in, please shoot a DM to the sports force account. Or like I said earlier, my personal account is at coach Kelly zero one. Um, on that same note, if you do have questions here this evening for anybody on our panel, um, if you could please go ahead and direct them towards Coach Jesse Katz, who I have on here as well. It just makes it a little bit easier if we have all the questions kind of funneling through one account. Um, and that way, Jesse will kind of monitor that, and he's going to handle that for us this evening. Otherwise, we can go off the uh, 
the topics that that I'm really excited to cover with our our panel here tonight. So let's get into it. Let's let's introduce the the guys we have and the guys you know everybody is here to listen to this evening. So our first guest has has been around the game of baseball for a very long time and has the incredibly impressive track record to show for it. He has over 800 career victories and eight state titles in the state of Colorado, a true legend in high school, uh, high school coaching um, at Cherry Creek High School, Mr. Mark Johnson. Uh, Coach, welcome. And, and if you could just please give us a little overview of your career and, and what you do in your program at Cherry Creek. Well, first of all, I feel extremely blessed and honored to be on this thing and even more blessed to have coached the 50-plus years that I have. I, I started basically uh, in the Army. I started. I got told I could be the baseball coach at Fort Hood, Texas. As soon as I got back home, I was a teacher for one year when I got drafted. I came back, and I've been the coach at Cherry Creek High School for, for 50. This is my actually my 51st year. So I feel very blessed to have done that. Uh, I've been surrounded by obviously tremendous families and, and many, many great baseball players and people who bought into a system. I, I believe that a system is one thing that we really focus on. And, and I, I'll let people begin to ask questions and so forth. But my I, I've been blessed with incredible assistance. I've been blessed with guys that have gone to the big leagues and given back many college players and so forth. So I've been very fortunate at my school. It is a large high school. It's got 3,800 students. It's a, in the highest classification. And, and we just feel, and I feel like one of the greatest honors I can is to share anything that I have the opportunity to share to help any other people with their, with their journey in baseball. Awesome, Coach. Thank you so much. And, and we're really thrilled to have you on here. And, and I just want all of our panelists to know that this is this is truly a space for you here this evening. Um, and we have a lot of people who want to learn from from the, the minds that we have on here. So don't feel bad about going off on, on any kind of tangent or anything you want to speak about. Uh, that's what we're here for. Obviously, we have a few topics we'd like to cover. But, you know, if there if there's anything that any advice you'd like to give out at any time, please, any of you feel forward to uh to jump in. And like I said, if, if any of you out there listening have questions, please shoot those over to Coach Katz and, and we'll do our best to get to all of them. Um, so moving on to our second panelist, um, a guy who was named the National Baseball Coach of the Year just a few years ago uh, in 2019. And it was the same season his program was crowned national champions by perfect game. Uh, he's been the head coach at Cypress High School out in California for 17 years. Coach John Weber, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. And, and if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about uh, your career and what, what got you to this point and your program out there at Cyprus. Uh, thank you. And thank you for uh, having me. It, uh, as to, to kind of reiterate what Coach said, um, it's always an honor to, to come to something like this and speak um, and talk about our journey. And hopefully some of it resonates with some of you out there and um, hopefully we can help in some way, shape, or form. And Quite frankly, I'm here just like the rest of them. I'm hoping to learn some things as well. Um, I started coaching baseball. I was playing at uh, Santa Ana College, which is a junior college in Southern California. And um, and my journey kind of started, started there. I played at a good high school with a, a coach that I thought was a really good coach. He's a really good man, so no disrespect to that, who I thought was a really good coach. I, I went to a junior college and played for Don Smedden. 
who up until this year was the winningest coach in junior college history in the state of California. Uh, while I was there as a, as a, as a coach later on, we've won uh, a couple national championships and he's a very historic. He actually just got into the ABC hall of fame. So he's uh, uh, an incredible mentor. And when I was there for about a month and a half, uh, I got punched in the face with this information basically. And I said, Oh my God, I wish I knew last year and all the years before that, what I knew now in just a short time there. And in that moment, I swore that I was going to be a coach and that I would never allow a kid to leave my program feeling the way I felt in that moment. And so that's how my journey started. Um, I ended up playing for coach then I went on and played college ball in Georgia. I came home. I started coaching at Santa Ana college. I coached there for 10 years. As I kind of already said, we uh, were fortunate enough to have a couple big leaguers. Uh, I don't know, four or five, six big leaguers, um, a million other uh, division one players. Um, and, and uh, won a couple of uh, state titles and national championships while I was there. And then um, my wife and I decided to have uh, some kids. At the time, I was already teaching at Cypress High School. Um, I actually am on my 23rd year of coaching at Cypress High School. I mean, teaching at Cypress High School, even though it's only my 17th year of coaching there because I was at the college. Um, and then I took over. I joined, uh, I actually joined uh, Cypress High School in 2005, and I told my wife it was going to be a five-year deal, and here I am on year 17 or 18. I love it, Coach. Yeah, I know exactly how that goes, right? We, we think we have a plan, and then uh, and things change, and it sounds like it was certainly for the better. And I just, I want to make a small comment on, on something you mentioned earlier is uh, you know, the, the guys we have on here have learned from the best of the best and become the best of the best. But coach, like you said, even you are here to learn. And I think that's an important thing for all, all of our listeners, coaches, players, uh, parents, everyone, you know, even these guys who have done this for so long and had so much success are here to learn more. And, and I think that's just awesome. That shows, you know, what we're trying to do um, as a baseball community as a whole is, is that's what makes the game better. And that's uh, that's really our goal here. So, Coach, thank you for being here. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your night to be with us uh, and, and share some information with all of us. Um, thank you. So our uh, our last panelist here this evening, our third guest, he, he is entering his 11th season coaching high school baseball. And he is he is down here in my neck of the woods in Charlotte. Uh, North Carolina, and um, he, this is his first year of leading his new program at Butler High School in Matthews. He was there a year before that, but it's, it's a very big high school and a very, very good conference in the Charlotte area. Uh, Coach Ryan Benson, uh, and thank you for joining us as well, um, and if you'd be so kind as to, as to give a little bit of information about your coaching background, a little bit of insight on on Butler High School and Coach Ryan Benson. Sure. And I'll tell you guys, I texted Matt when I saw the speaker list and I, I was like, are you sure you want to have me on here with these guys? Uh, but yeah, this is my first year. Um, I'm at Butler High School. It's in South Charlotte. Um, really strong baseball conference. Our next door neighbor is uh, went 34 and 0 last year. Um, I, I'm just really honored to be here. I'm really excited to learn from some of you guys and, and present what knowledge I have. Um, when I finished up in college, a buddy of mine asked me if I was interested in throwing BP and hanging around coaching first base with a summer college program and uh, caught the bug, you know, got into coaching then um, in the SCBL, which is a summer college wood bat league around here. And um, 
really helped uh, start the program at Cox Mill High School around here and um, went on to go to J.M. Robinson with a buddy of mine and and uh, that's another high school around here and kind of uh, worked with that program. I've done travel ball for five star um, and now I'm helping out a few of my friends with a group we call the Queen City Corn Dogs. But I'm just uh, I'm really excited to get started. Uh, Butler High School is an awesome place. We're about 30 um, percent high income, about 30% middle class, about 30% low income. It's a really diverse place. Um, really excited to compete this year uh, with some of the best teams in the state of North Carolina. But thanks, guys. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm getting more familiar with the high school baseball landscape. And, uh, and, and one thing I've learned coming from the state of Minnesota is that North Carolina is baseball country. Um, you get a lot of good talent, like Coach mentioned, and we'll bring it up again later. But his next-door neighbor, uh, Providence, down here went 34-0 and was by all means a powerhouse down here. Um, and that's that's not a team that you necessarily look forward to on your schedule if you need a win coming up. Um, so, so, Coach, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and before we go a whole lot further, we also have uh, the CEO and president of Sports Force on with us uh, here this evening who um, who wants to share uh, just a little bit about his his experience uh, with Coach Weber. And I kind of want to hear this story because I've, I've gotten a little bit of a teaser about it, and, and I'm really excited to hear it. So, um, Andrew, uh, if, if you want to go ahead and, and take it away. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? Um, Coach Jay, good to have you on board. Um I look up to you big time. Uh, I played for the audience. I played with uh, Coach Jay, his son Tyler Johnson, who has um, just become such a leader in the uh, in the faith based community. So always, uh, and I just ran into Coach Jay at the Fall Classic, and going to see him for the Senior Classic this weekend. So a lot of love to you, Coach, and thanks for joining, being part of this. Um, but uh, yeah, Webby and I go way back to a. Uh, a special place. Um, every summer, Alaska turns into a little bit of a college baseball um, heaven on earth. Uh, and um, that's where Coach and I ran into each other. I was a player at Arizona State, and uh, Coach Weber was coaching for the Anchorage Bucks. Um, and uh, what's up, Webby? Good, good to have you on board, man. And uh, I know you, I don't know what the story is. So, I'll let you, uh, you know, share whatever you feel like sharing about, uh, about our experience, um, you know, coach and player experience that we had in Alaska. Well, uh, I'm glad that you're on. And yeah, that is true. And I left that part. I've done a lot of coaching. I mean, I've coached, this is now my, tw- not as much as coach, not, not 50 years. Uh, but this is like, I think my 30th total year. And I, I was fortunate enough to coach for three summers in Alaska and, Coached uh, quite a few big leaguers, and that was when Alaska was really like uh, uh, the second fiddle. At, at, for the longest time, Alaska League was the greatest league in the summertime. And then the Cape, you know, thanks to Peter Gammons living there and making the Cape what it is today, which is a special place. Um, if you ever get a chance to go and play there as a player or, or a coach there, um, you should. It's an amazing place. But but uh, Anchorage was – or the, the Alaska League was a really special league. Anyway, and uh, along those lines of uh, a lot of really uh, special players was, was Andrew. And, um, and uh, he actually, that was, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even remember what year it was exactly, so I don't know how young I was in coaching. I know I was young as a, as a human being, but um, uh, I want to say it was maybe my, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth year of coaching 
coaching at all. And, uh, and Andrew was what, um, by all accounts, every coach would want in a player. He was a grinder in, in every sense of that word. I know it's very overused in our sport, but uh, he wanted to do early hitting earlier than early hitting. And uh, he wanted to work really hard and, and, and he was talented. He wasn't a supreme talent, but he was a talented player who worked really hard and his work ethic uh, surpassed his talent, which is what allowed him to play pro ball and be a special college baseball player. But um, nothing special, Andrew. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of great work. And, and, and I could tell you that uh, hopefully I taught you a few things during that time, but uh I don't think I've ever said this to you, and, and I've ran into you many times, but, uh, you know, you, you teach me an awful lot, and, and, and you might hear me talk about that as we go, um, about, you know, how, how we connect or, or how, we, how we, you know, for, for coaches like Coach who's been coaching for 50 years and coaches like me who's been coaching for 30 years, like how do you stay relevant? How do you still connect with people? Um, you know, Andrew helped me do that when I was young. Uh, we were almost the same age anyway, so it was pretty easy. But um, anyway, we could talk more about that. But Andrew's a, a good dude. I actually helped him kind of get this thing started, uh, this whole – I don't know if it was this force or that other thing that you did with one of my other players, yep. Andrew. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, asked me some questions, found some things off. Um, and so it's really good, honestly, um, to see you do something and give back and do something that's special. Uh, on that same note, you know, we have a tendency as coaches to always just focus on big leaguers or colleges. I was fortunate enough the other day to have one of my ex-players come back who's getting his doctorate and going to become a dentist um, and, you know, things of that nature. And those people resonate with me and make me feel just as good as any of the lots of – I don't even know how many players I've coached that have been in the big leagues. But all of those things are – I mean, they're, they're on the exact same page and just like this is – for you to be able to start something and give back to kids and, and, and I'm fortunate enough to be a part of it. I'm, I'm so grateful. I've talked too much. So I'll let it go. I uh, appreciate it. Webb. And uh, I think I'll just say one final word. And that is that, um, you know, you think about the players today and, and what coaches can learn, you know, from players today by being just open-minded. Uh, the, the game is always innovating. Uh, you think about how much, Technology has now become part of the game. You know how strength and conditioning and training has, has changed the game dramatically. Um, and I think that, you know, I don't know Benson yet, but um, I do know Webby and, and Coach Jay. And I think one thing that is a testament to your guys is, you know, longevity and also just ability to relate with players is knowing that, um, you know, you have to innovate or you will, you know, you will die as a coach. Um, that's just the laws of, of the universe. And, um, now more than ever, I think if you're not willing to be open-minded and, and innovate as a coach, you're going to get passed by, you're going to get passed by. Um, and you know, the final thing with that is if you're not willing to innovate and be open-minded, you're probably not going to have the same level of love and joy, you know, that you got started into it. So I think just the, uh, the servant leadership, um, model of, of, of coaching is, continuing to just stay you know open and um and and being of service you know to the community of athletes and 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 families that are part of this journey because it is is a sacred window of to be you know to have a jersey on your back as a player and a coach um so coach kelly cats i'll let you guys take it away but appreciate um us kicking this off with this first uh panel for uh 
you know, the high school coach insider, and we're going to do a lot more on this series as well. Well, Andrew, thank you for jumping on. And, and I think that that speaks to kind of what I mentioned earlier, that um, that Coach Weber said he's just as excited as, as I am and everybody else here to learn. Um, and I think that's that's an important piece of this is no matter how long you've been in it, um, you, you build a sense of community within the game of baseball. And, you know, Andrew and I are three time zones away. And, and I can tell you I've learned quite a bit from from him and, and everybody we've had on these on these spaces. I mean, we've covered just about all 50 states uh, have been represented in these spaces. And, and the amount that I've been able to learn and we've been able to share with all of you is is really important. So um, shifting gears just a little bit, I kind of want to go back to um, what Coach Benson said of, of his journey and just the way he has kind of gone from, you know, he, he started to help start a program at Cox Mill High School um, and has, has helped a, a few helped out at a few different uh, places. Um, and I think that's an important part of this, too, is not all of us have have the luxury of being uh, being a 50 year high school coach at one program and, and having all that success. Um, and those of you who do. Um, hats off to you. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about the journey and the career path and, and what got you to the program you're in now. And and Coach Johnson, I, I think, you know, kind of getting to Cherry Creek, to me, it sounds like you found your program. And I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. If you're there for, for that long and have that much success, to me, that tells me that you found your program a, along your path. And I always like to hear unique stories about how coaches ended up at their current programs and why they feel like it's a good spot for them. Um, so we'll kind of go in reverse order of the, of the introductions because coach Benson, you're the one who brought that up. So I, I kind of want to let you start us off. If you, if you could just share a little bit about why you feel like Butler, uh, was the right choice for you, at least this season, right? We never know where our career is going to take us, but, but why Butler and, and how does that fit in with the other parts of your coaching career? Because I know you're, you're coaching club ball, club ball as well. So I'm just kind of curious your thoughts there. So I just try to learn at, at every stop that I make. Um, a, a guy named Brandon Taylor gave me an opportunity when I was a young, stupid kid. Um, and just allowed me to learn as much as I could from him. Um, and I truly, not only did he teach me about baseball, he taught me how to be a man and run a program. And, and I really appreciate that. And then I moved to a situation with a lot of my friends. And then, you know, family came calling a few years later, and my wife and I moved to South Charlotte. Um, I was honestly trying to get in at another high school in the area and it just didn't work out. Um, I met the, the head coach that had been at Butler for a while and, and he was a, a truly wonderful person. Um, but he was, you know, reaching the end of his career and, you know, I, I did see an opportunity there. Um, and he, he kind of saw the same thing in me. Um, and Butler, you know, we, we, we sell T-shirts at our school that kind of say Butler versus everybody. And when I first got there, I didn't really um, see it. But we have some unique challenges at our school. Um, you know, we we are not Title One, but we also don't have um, a whole lot of money either. So we, we kind of, you know, fundraising can be an uphill battle for us. We're a real blue-collar community. Um, it was something that, that I really identified with. Um, and I just had so much, so much help along the way. Um, from my first coach and mentor, Coach Taylor, I call him all the time to this day, um, all the way up to uh, work with a guy named Daniel Cook and, and Eddie Hull with, with Queen City Corn Dogs. And um, the biggest thing that I've learned is to just treat people the right way, um, work hard, and, and tell people you love them. 
Yeah, I absolutely love that. And and I think the the biggest thing that you mentioned there is is kind of what I've gathered from everybody is you try to learn at every stop, right? And I, I don't think we ever as coaches try to stop learning. Um, I, I think that's that's the worst thing you can do is to stay stagnant in your ways. And obviously the game is, is always changing and, and players are always changing and there's always a different set of challenges uh, to overcome. So I, I think, you know, that's my biggest takeaway there. Um, like I said, I want to give give the other two a chance. Uh, Coach Weber, what, what makes – what makes Cyprus right for you? And, and other than the success you've had there, um, you know, why, why did you stop there first and why do you continue there? Uh, it's a very good question. I kind of already alluded to it a little bit. Um, so I was coaching a young coach and I was at Santa Ana College coaching and, and like probably every coach um, at that level and above is trying to get to the above level. And my, my, my aspirations was to either be a scout and, and or, um, or be a division one baseball coach. And um, I had started teaching, you know, prior to that. And then, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get my master's and move over on the pay scale. And then we had some nice raises and things. And so a couple of things kind of just factored itself out. And, um, and then longevity started starting with, with, my, with my teaching situation. And then obviously having kids uh, I have two kids. My son just turned 18 yesterday and my daughter's 21. And so um, I was doing all the recruiting and so it was a lot of time and energy. And so I actually was going to be done. I actually quit at the end of the 2004 baseball season. As soon as our college season was over, I, I, I resigned and I was teaching. And I think at the time I was actually teaching severely handicapped kids um and then i had moved into a, a a higher special ed area of teaching and and then i um i was approached because i was going to i was teaching already for like five or six years at, at cypress high school and and my buddies were the coach at the time and i eat lunch with them every day and they would pick my brain every day about practice plans and pitch calling uh first and thirds and bunties and and, you know, base running and all these kinds of things. And um, I just really didn't want to, to do anymore. I was kind of done coaching and I, and I was enjoying going home and relaxing and then picking my daughter up from kindergarten and going and having dates with her and such. And, and then um, around November, November, December, these guys kind of grinded me out, um, the, the current coaching staff and, and, uh, convinced me into doing it and I ended up coaching in 2005 and we were fortunate enough to win our first CIF title uh, in 2005 while I was there I was the pitching coach and pretty much ran most of uh, of the other stuff and then uh, the coach decided to that was there the head coach decided to, to quit and <clears throat> there was actually another guy in line for it uh, I was gonna just be completely done again um, it was a situation where we finished like um, I think we finished like, I don't know, eighth or ninth in the country in baseball America. And we had our whole team back for the most part, um, which ended up having uh, two big leaguers and Adam Wilk is now my current pitching coach and Josh Fitters, who was the third pick in the country um, was on that team as well. Um, and coming back in 2006 and uh, the kind of parents, I think I connected with the kids and the parents and, and, and brought a different energy and a different focus. And they really 
made an uproar. And normally when we have, when we talk about uproars in our business, it's usually bad, but this was a good uproar. And um, they were really fighting for me and pushed for me to do it. And the principal came to me and he really wanted me to do it. And uh, I said, I'll do it. And like I already said, I told my wife, I'll do it for five years. And, and here I am. And it's been, uh, it's been great. I've been very fortunate. Again, we won a uh, CIF title in 2005. We won a CIF title in 2013 uh, with current Major League Baseball player, David Fletcher, who's just starting shortstop second base with the Angels now. Um, J.D. Duran, who just got sent back down but was a big leaguer with uh, the starting center field with Boston. He was a little sophomore on our team. Um, and we had some good players and, um, it's just been a good journey. I, 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 it's my happy place. You know, I teach every day and teachings change. We could have a whole kind of this conversation about education. Um, and I have some things I could tell you about that. Um, but quite frankly, when I get out to the field, it's, uh, it's my happy space and I still enjoy it. I still enjoy competing. I still love the kids. I still love learning. I still love giving back. I still love the whole thing. Um, and that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that answer. And for the sole reason of, of you saying, you know, that Cypress and, and where you're at now is your, your happy place. Um, I think that is, that is so key for anybody, but especially these, these young coaches or, you know, like myself and, and coach Benson, who are, are still fairly early in our, our coaching journey um, where, you got to find the place that feels right. And that's, that's the advice that I've been given. Now I'm, I have not been around the game uh, nearly as long as, as you coach Weber or coach Johnson. Um, but I, I found that, you know, it needs to be a place where you feel valued. You feel like you can succeed. And, and just like we want for our players, right. A place where they're not afraid to fail a place where they're uh, th there's room to grow. Um, and, and with that said, uh, coach Johnson, I can't wait to hear, um, you know, why, why Cherry Creek and, and why that, that this school has been such, such a blessing for you and, and why you have taken as far as you have. And Coach Johnson, if you are speaking, we do still have you on mute, so just hit that little button in the corner there. While we wait for him um, to come back in, I'm just going to chime in really quick, uh, if, uh, if that's okay. Uh, you know, so, again, my whole journey was wanting to be a, a college coach, and, and things just kind of panned itself out. And this was really not something that I 100% that I still wanted to do, and, and then I did it, and, and it's, just, it's, it's, it's been an amazing process with the, with the whole thing. Hopefully, Coach is back. No, I, I think I love those unique stories. And, and, you know, so far, like I said, I've done the same thing. I was a, a high school coach up in Minnesota and moved away, moved away from my family to coach at the college level because I thought that's what I wanted. Um, and like you said, things just kind of worked themselves out. Um, coach Johnson, if, if you are there, I, I'd love to hear your perspective on, um, on Cherry Creek and, and why this program is, is special to you and, and why you stayed for so many, long, or for so many years. All right, not a problem. We will we'll reach out to Coach Johnson and see if we can get him back on here. Um, it happens from time to time. Twitter spaces can be a little tricky. We had one a few weeks ago. Just stop on us out of nowhere. So not a problem. Um, 
So kind of kind of on that note of, of journey, right? And you, you kind of picture, you know, in my mind at, at 25 years old, at, you know, when I was leaving my first high school program, I thought, well, man, we had some success and my goal is to be the next Tim Corbin, right? That there's no, there's no limit to, to what I can do. I'm young. I had some success, you know, the, the, the coaching community that my network is growing. Um, but what I can tell you right now is 99% of the coaches in the country at any level are not doing it for the money. Right. Um, and, and there's, there's not a lot of money to be made in, in high school ball um, in, in most cases. And yeah, it can lead to other opportunities, uh, you know, leadership opportunities at the school or down the road within coaching or whatever. Um, but, you know, like I said, when you're coaching at the high school level, it's typically not for the money. So what is it for and, and why do you do it? Um, so, so coach Benson, you know, what, what is, what is coaching high school baseball for you? I mean, and, and it's, it's not wrong to say, you know, you have higher aspirations, especially as a, as a younger coach like myself, but I'm curious, um, you know, I know that, that you're not getting rich off coaching high school baseball. So why are you doing it? And I get to, uh, I get to spend my days every day teaching kids, not just the ones I have on the baseball field, but, um, I, I teach history and psychology. Um, and I, I just have the opportunity to work with kids from all over the world, um, and, and there's just so many powerful moments that we get to have every day. Um, I'll tell you two of mine um, at the risk of oversharing were in car accidents last week. And, you know, when, when you're one of those people they call while they're waiting on the side of the road, um, that's a powerful feeling. And, um, you know, you just love those kids to death and they keep you young and, and they have such a wonderful perspective on life and the world and, and you get to see the ways that they treat each other. Um, I tell you, I've got a couple of um, refugees on my team from, from different countries and um, my kids are just good as gold to them. Um, and just the, the opportunity to work with those guys and to try to, to push them in a positive direction. Um, that's what it's all about. I know I had some wonderful coaches uh, when I was younger, that really pushed me in a positive direction. And I just want to try to be that uh, for somebody else, one of these kids that I'm working with. No, I, I think that's great. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it sounds like uh, you and you and Coach Weber have a, a very similar kind of situation, right, where it's it's teaching. Um, it, it's it's at, it's education. And that's you know, myself, that's, that's what kind of drives me as well. Um, and, and I know we got, we got coach Johnson back on here. So coach, I'll, I'll let you go next and, and feel free to kind of jump in on that last part as well. Uh, you know, why Cherry Creek? And then, you know, why, why do you do it specifically? Okay. Can you hear me fine now? We got you loud and clear now. Okay, great. I apologize. First of all, I wanted to say I was really enjoying the two coaches as they mentioned their, their journey. Number one, if you don't love the game and you don't love kids, this isn't a business for you. Number two, learning to pick the brains of everybody that's older, that has more experience than you, even has more experience and younger. It really doesn't matter. You can learn from a youth coach. If in any time you're open to learning, I think you have a chance to be successful in this game. The other thing is that I love... They've all had good mentors. I think that's extremely important. If, if I was to say to coaches or a young coach, uh, when I heard him say, you got to love them up, uh, 
I, I think that's extremely important. Kids got to, they have to know that you're there for them, that you are a servant leader, that you're not there just for the wins and the losses and so forth. I always use a terminology from the, from the uh, SEALs, and we talk about being a whiner or a whisperer with our team. And if you're a whiner, you're constantly griping about what's going on, the coaching, the, the playing, this, that, this, and that. And the whisperer is the guy who's always there saying, I've got your back. Don't worry about it. I've got you, whether you fail, whether you succeed, however we go. And the other thing I want to say is that you, you have to learn to use failure as fuel because failure is inevitable as an individual, as a team, as a coach, whatever it is, you're, you're, you're going to fail. And you have to use failure as fuel in order to have guys respond. And it isn't the fact that you're going to face adversity. It's how do you respond to it? How do you respond? Because you are going to face it, whether it's in administration. I started with a program that literally started from scratch. I got lucky. Uh, I got back from the Army. I'd coached Fort Hood, Texas. And I got home from the service during Vietnam. And I didn't have to go to Vietnam because I was a baseball coach at Fort Hood, Texas. I was so blessed in that category. When I got back, the head coach in the first year I was his assistant said to me afterwards, he said, you absolutely love the game and love kids. I'm a football coach coaching baseball. And he literally turned over the job to me when I was still pretty young coming right out of the army after I'd gotten out of college. So I was very fortunate and, and Cherry Creek was a football school. They had nothing in baseball at that time. And we built a program from scratch and I've been very fortunate in former players and so forth. So we have a beautiful field, a beautiful high school situation and, and some very, very good athletes. It's a very good academic and athletic high school. But for me, when you say a ha happy place, it's always been what I love. I absolutely love to do it. I do my very best to, to stay in line with uh, what's going on, not only in terms of, I mean, all the metrics that, that are in there and so forth. And I'm, I'm old school and I'm openly old school in terms of, I think metrics are of value, but what it's done, in my opinion, it's just created a ton of me players. And I'm all about team bonding and servant leading and working with each other. So I, again, I, I was lucky enough to, because of my stint at Cherry Creek, I got to coach the U.S. baseball 18 and under team three times. I went to Australia, I went to Taiwan, and I went to Canada, and I've coached some of the better players in the major leagues on these youth teams. So my, my run has been just a massive blessing, and, and baseball has been a blessing to me. I got to scout professionally for 38 years as well as be a baseball coach. So I've been completely immersed in baseball, and, and I feel like I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. So my point being this, Anything you as a coach that you can share with another coach for the good of baseball, if you can have somebody feel comfortable in calling you and saying, I mean, I've had to fundraise with the best of them over the years. So I know a lot about fundraising and what we've done to try to make it happen. And, and it, it goes on and on. But again, I, I was just really elated to hear these other coaches talk about their journey because it's obvious that they love the game and it's obvious that they love their families and it's obvious that they love the game of baseball. So again, 
I just feel fortunate to be where I'm at. If I could jump in here real quick too, I've I've seen Coach Johnson's teams play a number of times over the years and and they're extremely well coached, well disciplined group of kids that really love the game. So the one thing that that I heard early on from you that I and and Matt, you'll you'll laugh when you hear this, but he uh, he said my buzzword, which is he he's developed a system. Um, and, and that's that's one of those things that I've talked a lot about. So it's really cool to hear and unique to hear a high school to- coach talk about developing a system. So I just wanted to jump in and, and say that quick. Thank you. No, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And, and coach, I think you you hit so many points that, you know, a lot of us, especially us younger coaches, we think is right. Right. And we, we think these things are important, but we don't have the the experience that that you do and, and people in your situation, the people you've learned from. So it's very it's very reassuring to hear, you know, some of those words that, you know, th- these things are important. You do need to love the game. And, and really a big takeaway I got from that was treat the game well, treat the players well, give back to the community and the community will give back to you because coach just just That's being great. here. And I know you've you've spoken at clinics and, you, and conferences and. And somebody who's willing to give back to the game, the game will treat you right. And, and you, you said the word is, or the, the, the words that your job has been a tremendous blessing to you. Um, and, and we've, we've heard it in, in every, every industry. If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And, and that's truly what I feel when I'm, when I'm coaching baseball. But like I said, to, he, to hear it from, from somebody like you and, and, and coach Weber, that's, it's, it's awesome to hear that, uh, to put it plainly, uh, because it's, it's very reassuring for, for all of us as, as coaches, but as players, parents, um, I think there's, everybody can get something out of that. Um, so we're already, uh, we're already over the, the 40 minute mark here, which is awesome. And I don't want to slow anything down. Um, but I do want to turn it over to coach Katz who did have a question come in. Um, coach Katz, what do you have for us? Yeah, kind of a two-parter, and I think it's unique because if you look at our listening audience, we do have a, a handful of, of high school players and parents. So I think it's a really good question, two-parter. Um, one, which is, you know, as a high school coach, you often deal with, you know, players that are playing for a club team or a legion team. Um, so one, how do you manage that? And then two, how do you help those players through the recruiting process? So I'll, I'll, I'll let any one of you guys start with that. Uh, I'll go. Um, so I, I, every kid in my program plays travel ball. So I, I, I am uh, of, of this breath. And, and when you talk to high school coaches across the country, you probably have a split squad of people who, and I hope there's actually some head coaches on here of travel ball. Uh, but you have a lot of guys who bash travel ball. Um, I think travel ball has a, a beautiful place. Um I'm not, I'm not overwhelmingly uh, excited about travel ball as a whole for the most part, just because I think it's been getting really watered down and such. Um, and, then, and then they don't always abide to, not that they have to abide because they're their own human beings and run their own programs, but I should just maybe ask you to say it this way. Their values and the way they go about business and, and the idiosyncrasies of how maybe their dugout should act, how their kids should dress, um, how they should uh, present themselves towards an umpire, towards the opponent, don't always align with what I do. Um, and I think that's where a lot of times there's, there's initial issues with high school coaches and travel ball coaches. 
And then you get into a scenario of, of maybe some overusage with, with kids um, in the travel ball situation. So um, for me personally at my school, I don't, I don't do any summer baseball at all. Uh, for me, I allow my players to go and do it. I actually am very honest about what we do, and I'm in Southern California, um, and I, I feel like uh, the truth be told, our high school season is really uh, most kids' preseason to their season, which is their summer. And so uh, I don't like to conflict with that, not that I'm uh, handing over the reins to, the, to, to that, but I find what happens is uh, you end up forcing a kid to, 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 to play for you in the summer when he wants to play for his travel ball team. The travel ball teams, this is where there's a great benefit. They do travel all over the country. They allow coaches, which is why you see a lot more kids from Southern California on the East Coast. So it's been a beautiful blessing that that has happened. You see a lot of kids in Southern California playing on the East Coast and then, and then committing to Georgia, committing to Arkansas. I had Don Fletcher who played in Arkansas. I've had kids play on the East Coast. Um, and it's probably a lot has to do with travel. Ball. So it has a great space for that. What I don't like, though, is that a lot of coaches, and this is just me, uh, if they want to run a real, uh, a real organized summer, and if you're in cold weather areas where you kind of have to, then I get that. Um, but for me, it just doesn't jive. And then I think what it does is it creates a, a relationship breakdown because the kid is going to – you're almost making the kid lie to you, if you will, um, and then you can create over, over, um, over usage with the kid because he's not going to tell you that he pitched with this kid or this team and, and what have you. And so um, that's kind of my stance on travel ball. The recruiting process, I'm up front and center with it. I did the recruiting process um, as a recruiter in college. And so I know it. I have great relate. I've been coaching in Southern California for 30 years. I have great relations with relationships with uh, the West Coast people. I played, I played college baseball with Wazikowski, the head coach at Oregon. Um, I know Andy Stankiewicz very well from Cerritos and Coach Horton. Um, and Augie Garrido and these guys and all these guys around here and, and, and Eric Brown's with him. So I have my connections just like everybody else does. And, um, and so we help with that. I, I actually bounce ideas off of them. Uh, we talk about the recruiting calendar. I think that's the first and most important thing that high school kids should know and parents should know. Um, I think that's where there's a lot of craziness with sometimes travel ball coaches aren't necessarily in, in my opinion, because not necessarily in my opinion, actually the truth, because my players tell me and their parents tell me where they're, they're asked to go play in these events when it's really a dead period. And so I, 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 I do a whole uh, program with my, with my players and their coach and, and their parents about the calendar, about the recruiting process. I walk them through it. In fact, I just tonight, I have a player that's getting recruited by Arizona state. They're actually going to offer him tonight and they zoom through me and I send the zoom. And so we all work collectively. And at the end of the day, we're here to the word serve has been, has been thrown out a bunch today and it's true. We're here to serve. That's all part of, for me, that's all part of my, my, what, 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 what I hold myself accountable to, to the players uh, and helping them through that and the parents through that. And so that's my two. I love that. I, I think that's a great answer. And, and you're right. The, the word serve has been thrown around a lot tonight, but for good reason. And, and that to me, that's what makes a good, a good high school coach, right? Are you there for your players? And, 
and coach Benson, I'll go to you next. And, and, you know, kind of, kind of going off of that and being there for your players. I mean, the, the little, the brief story you shared about your, your players getting in a car accident, first of all, hope uh, everybody's okay and, and, and nothing too serious, but, but that is an important thing that, that your players feel like you are there for them, right? They, there's a reason they called you and, and not, you know, maybe their history teacher or, or whatever it is, because you play this, this very unique, but very important role in their lives. Um, so uh, a little bit of a tangent there, but Coach Benson, like I said, I'll go to you next because I know you have experience. You're, you're, you're coaching high school ball, but you're also coaching at the club level. So I'm kind of curious how you manage the two of those and what line you draw. Sure. I mean, that's, that's a great question. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, teaching, you don't exactly make the, the biggest pile of money. And so I do about three or four different jobs. The travel ball is one of those things. I, I think the biggest piece um, is clear communication with, with the parents, with the kids. And that's if you're coaching travel ball or if you're coaching high school ball or, or whatever. And I, I clearly outline for my kids, like we go over MLB pitch smart. Um, we go over, you know, this is about how many innings, how many, how many pitches you probably need to do. We talk about, you know, if, if you throw 60 on Friday, you know, I guess technically you could throw again in a few days, but especially this time of year in the fall, we kind of need to go light. And one of the biggest pieces I work with on my kids, um, is just being honest. I, I tell my kids, just never lie to me. If, if you're playing in the travel ball game or, or you've got something like that going on, and this is high school coach Benson. Um, you know, just don't let let's your health is is the primary goal here because if you get hurt, um, that recruiting adventure is going to go very differently for you, um, especially if that injury is overuse. Um, so, both from the travel perspective and the high school perspective, we we try to promote honesty and. And being um, in the area that we're in, I, I can't say that I'm familiar uh, with Colorado or California, but we've got we've got kids that try to play um, rec ball, legion ball, and travel ball all at the same time, and it, it's just an extreme amount. Um, so, w- something I really work with them is is just being clear, having a plan, um, writing down uh, the amount that they're throwing, how many pitches I threw on this day, and just holding themselves accountable because at the end of the day, um, if, if they're willing to not necessarily tell the truth to any coach, they could end up down a rabbit hole. Um, now, um, as far as the recruiting process goes, I've kind of, that's been a lot of fun to kind of see from the high school side and the, and the travel ball side. Um, I worked with five star for a long time and had some, had the pleasure to coach some really, really fantastic baseball players. Uh, and then I've kind of moved to an organization now that's a little bit more focused on, on player development and kind of at some younger ages and, and getting better. And I think once again, uh, the, the biggest thing that kids have to understand is they need to go to a place where they can contribute. Um, they've got to understand that, that college baseball recruiting is, is unlike college football or college basketball. Um, grades are going to play a massive role in this thing. Um, and once again, those are pieces where they're just going to have to be honest through the entire process. Am I good enough to play to division one? Am I good enough to play to division two? Um, if everybody's telling me that I'm a D three guy, um, then maybe it's not necessarily the smartest thing for me to go to Vanderbilt camp this weekend. Um, so just trying to be honest and clear with those kids 
set those expectations and, and set those measures of accountability with them. Because at the end of the day, a lack of honesty, the only person that's getting hurt in that scenario is the kid. You nailed it. Um, I've, I've dealt with it before. I've coached club level. Um, and th- this was years ago and it was, it was a much younger, it wasn't high school age kids. Um, but as a high school coach, I've, I've dealt with, uh, with those players playing travel ball and, and everything you brought up is, uh, is very familiar to me, the overuse and, you know, where do the values land with, with some of these. And, and I, I'm not at all trying to disparage travel ball in general. I know there are, I, I personally know a lot of fantastic people who coach travel ball and are in it for the right reasons, but you do run into the the guy who will win at all costs and throw your stud on, you know, start him, throw him six innings Friday. Um, you know, comes in again, relief Saturday, and he's throwing the championship game, uh, you know, over one weekend because they, they want to do everything they can to win. And it's just not about the player at, at that point. And I think coach Weber, I think that's the point, you know, you were kind of trying to drive home is um, it's not about high school coaches uh, and it's not about travel ball coaches. It is about, the health and safety and the well-being of the player and, and the player's best interest. Um, so coach Johnson, I, I know when you probably started coaching high school baseball, I would imagine uh, club ball travel ball was not a thing. And that has come to come to light, um, you know, within your career. And, and I would, I'd like to, I'd like to hear from your perspective, how things have changed over the years with travel ball and how you handle that. And it sounds like we may have lost coach again. Coach, it's just the, uh, the button in the bottom left there, but I know that that wasn't the issue the first time. So no big deal. We can't hear you now, but, but please feel free to chime in at any time. Uh, while we're waiting for coach, um, this is it's another good opportunity here for me to just drop in and, um, and let you know what you're listening to. So this is the – you're listening to my, – my name is Matt Kelly. You're hearing me out of the Sports Force account. Uh, you're seeing me in the blue suit there up at the top. Um, this is the the Sports Force Baseball High School Coaches Insider. This is our first episode. Uh, we got a great panel of coaches on here at Sports Force. What we do is we exist to educate based on the knowledge and experience of the people in our organization and in our network, which is uh, what you're getting a lot of here this evening. Uh, we're comprised of over 30 advisors who who work to help families through this uh, this sometimes tricky recruiting process, and and we're uh, we're now offering a 45 minute complete college recruiting assessment consultation. Uh, it's going to cover your prospect rating and give you an unbiased scouting report to help you uh, kind of understand where you're at. So $199. If you're interested in that, please shoot me a DM at the Sports Force account, or you can click on my face there, the guy in the blue suit and the white shirt underneath, and we can certainly get you set up with that. Coach, you're back. I would love to get your thoughts. He was back. Can you hear me? Now we got you. Okay. Uh, the, the question that you've asked again, yes, I started, when I started, it was pretty much Legion baseball. As time went along, we, we my program went into Connie Mack. We were fortunate enough as a high school to go to the Connie Mack World Series three different times. But so it went into Connie Mack and now it's gone into perfect game to all these particular tournaments. And to quickly cover the situation, I've never told a kid that he couldn't play on a club team. I do coach a club team in the summer. We play all the club teams. Some of the kids played on clubs as they grew up from eight, nine, ten years old. And I tell them, if you want to play there, that's your business. If you think it's going to be better for you or the gain from it, 
and so forth. And I made it very clear that it would never have any issue with whether the kid made our high school team or not. That has to be earned. And I want to make another point about the college recruiting thing. I tell my point all the time, my job is to expose you. I will talk to coaches. I will not lie to coaches. I scouted 38 years. And I'll do my best to get them to look at you, and I'll be as honest as I can about whether you're an NAIA, D3, D2, D1, whatever the case may be, uh, and, and be honest with them about what my feelings are on that. But my job is to expose you. Your job is to show them that you could be a productive member of their program. And, and like I said before, it's changed a great deal. Now we're into data and metrics, and I, I should actually say this, but I really believe that the metrics have made the players much more me players. The other day I had to say we had a few strikeouts in a game, and I, I probably shouldn't have done this, but I said, how was your exit velo on those babies? So my point, the point I was trying to make is you have a job situationally to move runners. You've got a job. It, it's more than just what your statistics or your metrics are. So that's a big change for me, and I'm adjusting. And I'm making the adaptations that I need to make. But I still believe that loving the kids and trying to develop and do the best for them that you can. That's that's what I consider my job to be. Yeah, just, just like we talked about, right? And everything is at the, the best interest of the player. And so I, I would I would be probably classified in uh, in the new school uh, coaches uh, being still in my twenties here, and uh, and and one thing that seems to be super prevalent is this use of technology. And, and coach, I think it's I find it hilarious, um, you know, that you say how was your exit velocity on those because I've said the same thing, right? Guys want to come in and tell us, you know, how what their exit velocity is and what their pitching velocity is and all these things and. And we lost by seven runs, right? And it certainly has a place. And in, in, in no way yeah, am I does. saying that those things do not matter. Um, but there's there's always there's a time and a place, and, and that's actually a perfect accidental segue. So thank you. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit of technology and and being uh, being a, a younger coach, Coach Benson, who is uh, who's at the high school level and at the travel ball level. How does technology factor into what you're doing versus how it factored into your the beginning of your coaching career this is where i've just i've learned so much i've tried to really um hitch my horse to this wagon and 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 really learn as much as i could i saw it as an area of need um things that a lot of people just didn't weren't weren't going with and it's something i've kind of gone all in on I'm, i'm blessed to work with um the director of um uh, analytics at, at UNC Charlotte. Uh, we talk all the time. Um, so some of the stuff we use, um, at least in my program, I'm blessed to have access to about 22 um, blast motion sensors. Um, those help us tremendously as we're looking at kids' swings. And um, the biggest thing that it has helped me with is in this crazy era of analytics, I swear I see more kids attacking the baseball with a with with a bat path that Aaron Judge would not be successful with, um, so helping kind of temper some of those things has been awesome. Um, with my pitchers, I love to pitch logic baseball. Uh, it's it's two hundred fifty bucks, but in the grand scheme of a program, I think it can help you tremendously. Um, it does give you velocities, but the biggest thing that I see is it tells you 
how efficiently um, they're spinning their pitches. Um, am I truly throwing a 12-6 curveball uh, and the slider, or is this really just the same pitch? I'm throwing one harder than the other. Um, it really helps the kids see if they have a good two-seam fastball. Um, I, I use it to death. Um, another one I use with my pitchers that's absolutely free, um, Tom House developed the, the Mustard app. Um, if you're a mechanics person, if you're big into uh, biomechanics and, and body movement, that Mustard app is, is absolutely incredible. Um, I love Rapsodo. I love the TrackMan. I love Yakker Tech. Those are things that my program – personally can't afford um hit tracks is the same way um but those are those are the big tools that i try to get my guys to buy into we we do we do a lot with the blast motion we do a lot with the pitch logic um and and that mustard app if you're a pitcher listening to this call and you don't have that downloaded i I, I, i'm not a spokesperson for them but i think it's that good of a of a product I think it just goes to show that that technology certainly has a place um, within the game of baseball and, and for the reason of, of metrics, right. And that's, there's no doubt that uh, a, a college coach wants to know what your fastball velocity is, right. They want to know your 60 time and, and numbers do matter. But um, I think the key is a balance, right. It, it's a balance of trying to make sure that we're using these numbers to make you better. But when it comes down to it, like Coach was saying, um, there's, a, there's a certain situation. In every pitch, you're, you're in a different situation, right? An 0-2 count versus a 2-0 count, a run around third base versus, you know, a run around second base or whatever the situation is where those things are, are, are things we can't necessarily be thinking about. But when we are not in season and we have things we need to work on, there's, there's 100% a time and a place for all this stuff. Um, Coach Weber, how has technology factored in? And, and I know a lot of this stuff. I mean, even when I was playing, um, I graduated high school in 2013. And, and even then, there was no such thing as Blast Motion and Rap Soto and, and all these other things. How has that changed throughout your coaching career? Uh, I'm glad you asked me that because I, I can answer because the other one is, is, is kind of funny. I don't, I don't, uh, technology has changed drastically. I remember when I was coaching at Santa Ana college, I want to say it was Dr. Choi and, um, Dr. Choi is the, is in my opinion, if I'm saying his name correctly and he's the right person, uh, was, is the actual, uh, innovator of what we would consider today one of the most popular um, pitching uh, mechanical tools thing is um, is driveline. So I remember using a green actual baseball that had a weight in it, a red baseball with a weight in it, a black baseball with a weight in it, and we did like weighted balls um, all the way back in you know uh, moons ago. Um, and so it goes from that all the way to what we have now to mush balls to, to all the things the coach just mentioned that I don't know half of those things to be honest with you. I, um, I'm a guy that, uh, like coach, I'm an old school guy. Uh, I still do paper pencil, um, not practice plans. I do type those, um, but I do paper pencil scouting charts. And, um, I just got my first pitching machine about three years ago. So we throw everything. Um, we don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't use any of that stuff to be honest with you. And partly it's because I'm lazy, I guess. Um, and I haven't, uh, I haven't felt like it's that important. My technology um, is my phone. So 
Uh, I know that most people are kinesthetic learners and we can talk about things and talk about things and try and make adjustments. But when the kid sees it in the video and then we dialogue over it and he feels the results, then to me, that's just as good as whatever it is. Uh, my first real, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My, my first real usage of Rapsodo, for instance, which I think is a great, a great thing, but it's too expensive for me too, uh, was, was a couple summers ago when I was doing USA Baseball. And uh, I, I'm not saying this to sound cocky, but the, uh, the, one of the pitchers threw a ball. And it was a breaking ball and it had a hump in it and it didn't come out of the hand very quick. And, and he kind of caught behind it and it just kind of rolled a little bit. And the guy goes, it was uh, whatever that, I don't even know the numbers. I don't even know what good spin rate is. And he said the spin rate. And then he threw, I made a little adjustment with him. He threw one and I go, that one was better. And the guy goes, how'd you know that? I go, I can see it. I don't need a rap sweater to tell me that. Um, and so visually I could see some of those things just because I've been doing it a while. doesn't mean that I'm smarter than the rap soda because I'm not, that's for sure. Um, and I think, uh, I think, you know, we live in this, this age of, of lots of technology. And I think that, a lot of times we can get caught up in the technology kind of, I think what, what coach was saying, and I think this is really my, my, uh, my spin on old school guys per se. It's not that we don't want to do it. I just think that, that we are, the, the world is so bombarded with information and I know that they're much quicker to navigate through that than I am. Um, but I also think that a lot of times the, 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 the metric standard is the big league metric standard is what it always seems like to me. And so I think the matrix and some of these things can really be uh, have a, a, a real adverse effect on young players, you know, with launch angles and these kinds of things. Well, I have a kid who's in high school that is five foot two and 130 pounds with, with sweats on soaking wet. And he's trying to work on his launch angle. Well, he's hitting the ball as hard as he can. And it's F6 and F4. Well, I'm like, son, you're going to be sitting next to me if that's all you can do. Right. Um, and so I think the launch angle stuff and all those and all that kind of stuff, it has a great place for it. I just haven't used it yet. I also think there's a lot of um, things within it that don't really apply to kids that are our age. Um, and so they want to they, it's almost like I call it the diet pill. Right. Everyone wants uh, everyone wants this one pill that can fix them. And they think that these some of these metric things and these things can do that. And yet the kid hasn't even, he has no barrel awareness, let alone, let alone um, uh, the, the ability to have launch angle. A pitcher doesn't even tunnel out of the right, uh, you know, can't repeat tunneling out of the right arm slot all the time. And yet we want to worry about spin rates. Um, spin rates are when the guy swings and misses it. Spin rates are when the guy comes back and the radar gun says he's throwing 85 and the hitter's like, the ball's jumping on me. Yeah, that's high spin rate. I don't need I don't need a thing to tell me that. My kid tells me that I see it. My guys are throwing seventy nine miles an hour and guys can't hit it. There's a there's a reason for that. So there's deception there, there's spin rate there, there's you know, some of those kinds of things. So anyway, I think I answered it. No, you absolutely did. And uh and Coach Johnson, I want to give you your chance as well. But Coach Weber, I, I just want to tell you I'm I'm very glad we're recording this space so I can play back that last clip for uh for my guys at the high school I'm at and, and a lot of guys that, that I work with, um, that I advise that I mentor who, who get, and, and quite frankly, a lot of coaches who get very caught up in these things and, and they are facts, right? A lot of these, like your spin rate is a fact. And, 
um, you know, little tweaks matter. But like you said, we're we're not coaching um, you know, Aaron Judge as a freshman in high school. You you get you get five foot three, hundred and sixty pounds and and it's like, you know, what are, what are we gonna do with that? You know, that your launch angle doesn't play into it a whole lot at, at that at that point. So um no, that's that's awesome. I love that information. Um Coach Johnson, um I would love to hear how how technology has let's just say affected um, your career and, and what you do at Cherry Creek. And, and maybe if that, you know, obviously just like coach Weber, very high level program, um, a lot of, of high, high draft picks, um, you know, college commits and, and, and guys that this kind of stuff is important to how has technology impacted what you're doing? Coach, we had you for a second there, but uh, once again, we can't hear you. Like I said, folks, these spaces can get a little tricky. There's, they they seem perfect, but uh, a lot of times they are they're not. Uh, we have we have issues with them all the time. So what I'm going to do, Coach Benson, I'm going to kind of give you um, a little space to to respond to, to Coach Weber there. And, and by by no means am I suggesting you know anything is confrontational. Um, just kind of where you're coming from and what you use the the metrics and everything for. Hey, I agree with Coach Weber. I think uh, we've got a lot of guys that are coming in and and. Um, don't necessarily need to be attacking the baseball at, at, at 30 degrees. I, I see that quite a bit. I've got a bunch of 5'5", 130-pound uh, kids as well. That uh, It's just kind of craziness. And and one, another thing I try to tell my kids, too, in this, in this era of data and, and analytics and, and metrics, you know, if, if you're uh, throwing the ball 75 miles an hour across the infield uh, and you're going to a college camp, you better be able to hit Um and that's kind of um, a point that I try to make with them. You know, you're not going to be able to really hide yourself anymore, your deficiencies, your strength. Uh, it's all going to be on display. Um, now, as far as how we use it um, at, at Butler, um, first week I kind of do a, a pro-style work with, workout with them, get a baseline for how fast they are, um, what, what areas of, of growth are needed in their swing, um, how hard, how hard they can throw it. Now, obviously we're not, I don't have a driveline facility or anything like that. So it's not like we're doing running guns into the, into the netting or anything like that. But I, I work with a lot of kids that have had some success doing things like that. Um, but I try to give them an outline of where they are. Um, I talk to them about goal setting and if they tell me they want to be a division one baseball player, I kind of show them, um, what that looks like and try to give them some, some steps to, to get better. Um, you know, if, if your max exit velocity is, is 72 miles an hour um, and you tell me you want to play in the SEC, um, that, that doesn't, that doesn't fit. Um, so that, those are some things that I've kind of used. Um, and, and it doesn't even have to be exit velocity. We use foot speed. We use uh, steel start times. We, we use all sorts of things like that. But I, I completely agree. I, I think really the, the very best people I've seen working with technology are the people that can bring it down to earth at a level that the kids respect, understand, and respond to. Um, because I think that that is the biggest piece 
of what we're missing. I, I, I completely agree with the idea that I see way too many five foot seven, 150 pound guys trying to lift the ball out of the yard and, and maybe they will grow to be um, Aaron judge, but they, they also might not. And if you're five foot seven and you absolutely smoke a ball um, and you don't have very much muscle mass, then, you know, that's F seven. That's uh that's F six. And, and uh, that's not going to go well for you. If I may, let me jump back in. Of course. With that. So um, I, I was fortunate enough to be around Red Turner, um, you know, him growing up, obviously being a bat boy, Cal State Fullerton, and he's worked out at my field. And I use him an awful lot um, as a, like a barometer to players today uh, with regards to that. Um, I, I don't know because I don't watch a lot of pro baseball. I don't watch a lot of my players play in pro baseball, to be honest with you. I don't like the way the game is, uh, but that's a whole nother probably topic. Um, but at any rate, the one thing about Red Turner is I think he's one of the better in his prime, not so much now, but during his prime, you know, he, he got into pro ball because he was a very savvy player. He understood the nuances of the game. He was a great teammate. He understood he had barrel control. He knew how to hit. He knew how to short game. He was an ex-Titan. He knew how to do all of those things. And then he gets into pro ball and he gets to the big leagues and he almost gets cut, you know, and then he, and then he, and then he gets traded. And then he kind of grows into his man strength. And then he becomes, uh, you know, one of the better home run hitters, you know, of that time. And then I also will tell you, in my opinion, he was also one of the better two strike hitters, as well as being one of the best home run hitters of that time right there. And, and, and that all circles back to his groundwork. So when he was a boy and he learned how to do it, they didn't have matrix and all that kind of stuff when he was young. But he's a real matrix guy. When you talk to him, he wants you to, you know, he the, the big leg kick and all the kind of stuff and all that stuff. But it has a great place. I'm not saying that. It has a really great place. Um, I just think for our for our level, it gets really difficult. I think when you start talking about varsity players and some older kids, I think there's a there's a place where they can where they can segment it and throw away things and, and utilize it the right way, so that it's not overbearing. Um, then I think it's great. I was, again, fortunate to help with the 15 USA group this year. And I remember being in Arizona at the workouts and the kids come up to me and I was doing infield stuff. And almost every kid says, coach, are we going to have a radar gun at first base? And I just go, why? And they're like, well, because a lot of times these things do. And I go, but why? And I was kind of not being a smart ass, but I, I kind of was, you know, I just wanted to kind of get at the kid a little bit to, to, to get him to make the to, to answer. And he goes, well, because, you know, they, they like to know that. I go, so are you going to, are you going to like catch the ball and crow hop and then throw the ball over as hard as you can? Meanwhile, it's going to be a five, two and the big chubby guy like me is going to be safe already and already broke down and already turned into look and, and get ready to go to second base. Like, like that's kind of how the game has evolved in a bad way where we're focusing on, a kid trying to throw it a hundred miles an hour across the field, but it takes them five, you know, five, you know, even four, eight, four, nine, that's a below average runner who's going to still be safe. And so that's where it gets kind of convoluted and, and where, where it becomes bad in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think no matter how much technology advances within the game and outside the game, it's still the game of baseball. Right. We, we still have to do things fundamentally right. And there are just parts of it that, that can't be measured. Um, and, and there's, there's that factor to it, right. It's, it's more of a, a quickness thing and it's so situational. 
uh, where, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You bring up a lot of good points. And like I said, I'm, I'm glad this is a recorded space here because uh, I got a lot of good information to, to share with my guys now. So, well, guys, we're, we're about 15 minutes past, um, and, and I don't want to, to cut anybody short here because this has been awesome to have you guys on here, to say the least. Um, it's, it's been incredibly informative, but I do want to be respectful of everybody's time. Um, I want to give you guys each uh, you know, another chance, and, and kind of what I want to close with is we have a good variety of listeners here. We have, uh, we have other coaches, we have players, and we have parents. Um, and, and so what I want to do with that is I'd like – each of you to kind of go around um, and, and I'll, I'll start with, with uh, coach Benson, but I would like a, uh, a piece of advice that you would give to players slash parents um, in terms of recruiting stuff and, and where they should focus their energy. Because uh, a lot of our listeners here and a lot of our followers within sports forces, you know, that's, that's kind of a, the topic that they're interested in. And the other piece um, I'd like to get is, is for any of the coaches out there who, you know, if, if they're struggling in whatever area or they're trying to get their feet wet um, in the high school game or the college game, if you could just give one piece of advice or something you've learned from, um, you know, a, a mentor or something you've experienced and had to go through before, um, I, I'd love to get your thoughts um, and one piece of advice for each group there. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, first off, I really appreciate the opportunity. I really appreciate the opportunity to learn from all you guys. This has been, um, a really cool experience for me. Um, I'm very grateful for it. Um, I'm obviously on, on the different end of my career than, than some of you are. And y'all won a whole lot more games than I have. So I certainly have a lot to learn. Um, but as far as the recruiting piece goes, I mean, I think the biggest thing you can do is, is just be honest with yourself find somebody that's going to be honest with you, even when it's not what you want to hear. Um, and, and just really um, give yourself every opportunity to be the best player that you can be. Um, I, you know, it's the most heartbreaking conversation in the world when you're talking to a senior and it's May and he wants to play college baseball and he spent the last three years not working very hard. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately in this business, um, that conversation can come up and it's, it's, it's not one that coaches ever really want to have, but um, you know, you've, you really put yourself behind the eight ball in that scenario. Um, as far as the best advice I've gotten, um, you know, um, this is probably not exactly the answer you were looking for, but the best thing I've done in my career is join the ABCA. Um, you know, the opportunity to learn from guys like Sheets and, and Ryan Brownlee and, um, getting out into my community and learning from some of the, the top coaches in our area and um, just accessing that video library of, of every single speaker since 2008, um, getting to hear Mike Martin talk about his first and third plays in that video library. Um, it's, that's the best advice I can give anybody. I know it's been a tremendous help to me. Uh, but once again, I really appreciate you guys. I've, I've learned a lot. And I'm really um, just I'm honored to be on this panel um, with some absolute legends. So thank you, guys. Yeah, Coach Branson, uh, once again, thank you for being here, man. It's um, it, it's great to get all these different perspectives. In it, and I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's um, 
the more you can learn. And that's something we talked about at the beginning of the space here is, is how many avenues can you find to improve yourself as a coach? And I think the ABCA does a tremendous job of having those resources. And like you said, learning from guys who have done it at, with a great level of success at a, at a very high level. Um, I, I think that's wonderful advice. Um, Coach Johnson, I'll go to you and, and make sure uh, we can hear you here. Um, okay. Uh, one piece of advice. Yeah, we got you now. There you are. Okay. Uh, my, so, yeah, go for it, please. My piece of advice would be that being candid with your players is actually a form of kindness. So in, in other words, to actually say to somebody, it's going to hurt his feelings a little bit, but in the long run, they respect it. If I tell a kid, listen, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but in my mind, you're not a Division One player. So I think sometimes being candid and being honest, yet letting the kid know that you love him and you're trying to do it. And my point would be this. If you prove me wrong, more power to you. So I, I just think being open and honest and creating. For me, life is about building relationships and, and building trust. And when you do that, you can be candid. Coach, thank you. I, I think that's awesome. Um, I, I think that's that's wonderful advice, and and I think that's important for for our players uh, who are listeners out there to hear as well. Is um, let that coach be honest with you, right? You have you have every you know maybe you can make that determination that you want to you want to prove that person wrong, but find somebody you trust who has experience in this business um, and and listen to them. Uh, if you have a, a good coach in any capacity. Um, whether that that be at the high school level, travel ball level, level, that's what we exist to do as advisors: is be people that you can trust because we have this experience in the past, and and listen to that, even though it may be hard to hear. Like Coach said, uh, we're doing you a favor. I, I promise we are. Um, you, you don't want to walk into a situation where you're allowed to walk on at a school that's your dream school that you realistically have no shot at playing. Uh, and you realize, you know, three weeks in that it's just not for you and, and you've sacrificed so much. And, and now you're kind of looking in the mirror going, man, I wish I had listened to coach Johnson. I wish I had listened to coach Weber. I wish I had listened to coach Benson, whoever it is that, that you listen to um, and you trust. I, I think that's, you know, a, a big takeaway from that as well. Um, so so, Coach Johnson, I want to thank you for being here. I know we had a, a couple te technical issues. Uh, not your fault. Like I said, these spaces get tricky. But uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been great. Uh, and, and we really appreciate you taking time out of out of your schedule. And, and like I mentioned earlier, giving back to, to baseball and, and what we're doing here. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much. And, and Coach Weber, we'll let you uh, finish it off here. Uh, if you got a piece of advice for players and parents, and if you got one for, for coaches who are, um, who are looking for, you know, a light somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I will. I will. It's funny. We talked about technology and how it's really changing and evolving. Um, you know, over the last probably 12 months, the landscape of recruiting has really, really changed as we all see with uh, the transfer portal and the NIL deals and things of that nature. So the first thing is um, make sure you're tuned into that. It's going to change and hopefully going to change a little bit for the better in terms of uh, the scholarships might hopefully go up. I, we're hoping to see in the next – within this year, actually, there's thoughts that maybe more coaches are going to start to be able to coach at the, in college baseball, um, which will help. And then the next thing would be obviously upping scholarships from 11.7. 
Uh, I will tell you this. Um, one, as Coach already alluded to, you, you need to be honest with yourself and utilize your, your coach and, and, and ask him to be honest with you about who your son really is. And your son needs to be honest about who he really is. And then the other thing is, is that when you go to recruit, uh, when you get to go to those recruiting deals, everybody's really excited. And sometimes the parents get super, super excited and they become like the child themselves. And so your job as the parent is to, um, is to sit back a little bit on those recruiting visits. And, and, and your ultimate question is, because your son's going to fall in love with all of them because that's their job is to sell. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, but their job is to sell themselves and get your kid to come there, especially if he's a super talent. And your job as the parent is to sometimes you get sucked into that. But your job is to really sit back and say, is this who I want my son to, to live with for the next three years to raise him and, 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 help him and help him become a man? And then within that, as every parent wants, they want the most money. So they have to pay the least amount of money. But you have to remember this. If your son is getting 60%, which is a huge scholarship or 65% scholarship in baseball, then he better be a weekend starter as a freshman. He better hit in the starting lineup, probably towards in the middle of the lineup. And if he doesn't, then you chase the money that you want to help you, but you have to understand that that money has a value and that value is those things I just said. And if your son is not one of those things, then he might be bounced back to a junior college or in the transfer portal. So it's very important for you to do that. We never want to look at uh, human beings as numbers, but in this business, it is a number. And so that's what they're doing. The recruiting job is to value you. What is the value that he brings to the table? And I got to put a number on that. That number equals how much scholarship. So that'd be the one thing I'd say to parents and players. Um, to coaches, um, honest to God, I think uh, the, the thing that was the most important to me and that I share with a lot of coaches, and we talked a little bit about it today, about mentors. I've had a lot of great mentors at Augie Greedo and George Horton and, uh, and Coach Gillespie and uh, Coach Sneddon. And I've been really, really fortunate to be around some of the greatest baseball minds on the West Coast, some of the inventors of the West Coast baseball, quite frankly, going all the way back to Wally Kincaid. All these are Hall of Famers in the ABCA. And I remember when I started coaching when I was young, I wanted to be Coach Sneddon. I wanted to be Coach Horton. And uh, I wasn't really genuine to myself. And uh, we talk about relationships. We talk about uh, being honesty with kids. And then we try sometimes to be somebody we're not. The one thing that kids, no matter what they are or who they are or how they are, the one thing they can do is they can see whether you're genuine and honest or not. And if you are trying to be somebody else, then you're not really being genuine and they can see through that and you won't, you won't start to create the trust and the relationship building and the love and the support and the mutual respect for each other. If they see that you're not trying to be who you are. So just be who you are, take all the great things that you learn from your mentors, apply those in your own words and your own wisdom and become your own great coach and become your own great legend. Well, coach, just like just like the other two here, I, it's incredibly insightful stuff, um, you know, and I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll say it one more time. I'm very glad we're recording this, but this time for the reason that, you know, if, if you're out there listening now, I encourage you to to go back and, and restart this. This is an on demand thing. So you can find it on the Sports Force Twitter page like we do with all of our spaces. Go back and, and listen to this because there has been an incredible amount of just awesome information from some of the best, you know, high school baseball coaches, quite frankly, in history. Um, and, and we were we were very blessed to to be able to listen to a lot of this. And I can tell you, I gained a lot 
um, as a coach in the last hour and a half. I, I truly have. And I'm, I'm excited to incorporate a lot of this stuff into my coaching career. Um, I hope a lot of you out there have as well. Before we wrap it up, you were almost at an hour and a half. Uh, Jesse Katz, did you have anything you'd like to add? Just wow. Thought this was a, was an unbelievable space. I think uh, I learned personally, I learned quite a bit, but just being able to interact with, uh, with these coaches over the last hour and a half and, and interact with a couple coaches that I've had the pleasure of recruiting from and, and watching their teams play. It was just a, a really good opportunity and really exciting. And I'm really glad that, uh, that I was able to be a part of it. So thank you guys very much for, for being a part of this and, and look forward to communicating with you guys further. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's what we have for you this evening. Thank you for sticking it out with us. I know we typically go uh, about an hour um, and we, I have, I have no issue going longer than that when we have guests like this who are able to provide so much experience, so much knowledge with all of you. Um, and, and I encourage you all to, uh, to go back and, and, and listen again, because there was a lot here. Um, like, like you've heard tonight, uh, find somebody you trust within this process. If that is something you're interested in, uh, from sports force, uh, please shoot me a DM on the Sports Force account um, or my personal account. Like I said, I'm the guy in the blue suit at the top there. Uh, we do offer a 45-minute recruiting consultation that will go over your scout rating and a personalized uh, scouting report um, that will kind of help you understand where you're at. It's a 45-minute session, $199, and there is a ton of value that you can get um, you know, from somebody who has done this before, somebody who's been in the industry and, and as you can see, has connections to some of the best in, in, you know, really the history of the game. And I, and I don't, I don't use that lightly. Um, you guys have, have had the opportunity to hear from some of the best there are. So um, again, to our panelists, thank you so much for, for not only just spending the time, but sharing your knowledge with us here this evening. This was, it was truly incredible. Um, to everybody out there, especially those of you in the Southeast, stay safe. I know we got a hurricane coming, so please, everybody, take care of yourselves. Please be on the lookout for more Sports Force Twitter spaces we have coming up. We're constantly sharing content. Um, I know we have a lot coming up regarding technology and social media. We haven't. We'll do another episode of uh, of high school coaches. Uh, we'll do travel ball coaches. So as always, we will keep you uh, full of information. Um, and please reach out if you have any questions. Other than that, uh, everybody, please have a, a fantastic evening, and, and thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, um, everybody. I've uh, I learned a few things myself tonight. I'm, I'm really appreciative. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Force BB and Facebook under Sports Force Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.